Okay, so this is like take two. Um, I had to turn the fan off. I did like a little test, like a dry run, just to see if you could hear the fan. And you could. And it just sounded like white noise, like I thought. And it sounded it sounded kind of pleasant. But there's our, I live by railroad tracks, so there's like already enough <laughs> ASMR type white noise type shit going on. You feel me? And I only have uh, 50 minutes to record this. 50 minutes or an hour, one of them. And I want to just get as much in as possible because I feel like right now I just need this release. I need this outlet. Um, I just need to get these things off of my chest because I feel like they're things that are valuable to what I'm going through. And then, you know, I hope that maybe while someone else is listening, they can feel vindicated or they can feel like they're not alone and like they're being heard. Because I think a lot of times the things that we want to feel vindicated about are predicated on being either popular or being understood. And those are usually not the things that people need to feel vindicated on. Those are usually not the things that people need to feel like they aren't alone on. Um, Because a lot of those things I feel like are tied to human nature or just tied to human culture. But that's neither here nor there. Today, I really wanted to be talking about death and rebirth. But I think when I wrote down, like in my notes, the title of this episode, it ended up being purification. Because when I think of death and rebirth, I think of the phoenix rising from the ashes and um, the purification process that happens in between death and rebirth or birth. And I think a lot of that has to do with fire. And I am a double fire sign. Might as well be triple. Because my Mars is in a fire sign too. And my sun is ruled by Mars. So um, I just feel like I've been coming into this power. I've been coming into this person. And I haven't been able to theorize or put words to a feeling really up until today. Because this week has just been... It's been trying, but I think because I'm doing some work right now and I'm just kind of going through the motions, whether that be for the good or the bad, I'm able to handle certain situations a lot better than I would in the past. And I think also I'm trying to respond rather than react. And I'm learning in that waiting period between responding, usually where I will react is that sometimes your response is not much different than your reaction. And I think that that really boggled my mind. Um, that really boggled my mind when I realized that, when I realized that there might be times where I wait a whole month to say something when I could have said something off the bat. And within that month, my feelings don't really change. My tone doesn't really change. My attitude doesn't really change. And I think that's where I'm learning that sometimes emotions can't be controlled. They can be cartelled. So I think that I can be the shepherd to guide my emotions, but they're sheep. And they don't change their wool. They don't change their stripes, so to speak. Um, Bengals not changing their stripes. You know that analogy. Like, your feelings are your feelings are your feelings. And the way that you perceive things and you process things might change. But my feelings might not change. So, in response to that, my response might not change. And um, I was thinking a lot about response and reaction and stuff when I when all this Joe Button stuff happened. And I've already done a whole podcast on that. And, you know, psychic Z, psychic Z, not trying, when I am being facetious and funny, but I do think that in the great words of Gina Linetti, psychics 
are psychics are just people who are smart enough to not be psychologists. And I said that last episode too, and I think it's a hundred percent true. Um I think anybody has the capacity to predict the future, quote unquote, because human behavior only usually pivots about in 10 different directions. And then we can get into game theory and all that stuff, which I'm super interested in. So I hope, you know, as my crowd and stuff grows, as I have access to more resources and, you know, I can have people help me do research and things like that, I can start getting into more game theory, theoretical um schools of thought because of the things that I'm interested in. And I do think that they need a revamping and a way to kind of connect them to the way that things are now but I digress with this whole Joe Button thing it just put me in a state of reflection it took me in the state of reflection because I'm going to start by saying I think that we all have an inner Joe um I think that we all have an inner mall um I for sure have an inner Rory because I have a tourist in Mercury so I know all about that um I totally understand tourist people really really I do I honestly do believe that my tourist is more in the on the masculine side so I think I understand and get along with better tourist men but I say that to say that I think we all have those forces within us that were integrated for so long and then something catastrophic happens or there are hundreds and thousands of different little straws that end up on the camel's back and it breaks it. And then these forces are separated, seemingly shattered, and put on the path of destruction. But that leads me into my topic of death and rebirth. And as I was as I'm processing what's happening with the JBP and I'm processing how I've been a Joe Button, how I've been dictatorial and tyrannical in my own life. And I'm I vacillate between Criticizing myself, criticizing others, shaming myself, being ashamed for others or being ashamed of how I treated others. But now as I'm getting older and I'm understanding human nature and I'm understanding human emotion and how brains work, not just my brain, not just the brain of someone who's healthy or brain of someone who's not healthy. When there is no such thing as there's no such thing as average mental health. I don't know who white male brain they studied and they put it up against probably Sigmund Freud and Nietzsche, but all those motherfuckers were crazy too. So I don't know what is the golden standard of mental health, but as I'm getting older and I'm realizing there's no such thing as someone who is sane. That's one. There are such, there is a such thing as someone who has learned to be crazy in the way that millions of other people are crazy. And then you got the people on the outskirts like myself where I'm crazy in a different way than most people. Um <laughs> which I'm learning to accept and I'm it's turning into my superpower. But I say all that to say that as I recognize that I have an inner joy, I have an inner mall, I have an worry, and everyone around me does too, and even people I don't know do as well, I'm able to see how these types of big deaths, these cataclysmic events where there is a devil, there is a hero, there is a savant, there is a no pun intended, there is, you know, helpers, there are snakes, there's all these different characters in this show. The show ends and it is just a story. There are still, these are still human beings and their lives still go on. But when, like, when you learn about global politics and you're learning about different um, presidents and different world powers, you call them actors on the world stage. And I think that that same concept can be applied to the people in our lives and the people that we look up to, the people we aspire to be, the people who inspire us and vice versa. And just in general, human beings. Everyone has a stage. We're all always on stage, especially in America, where most of your life is based around performing for other people because so much of your life is based on being liked. 
I hope that system crashes. Um, that'll take that system will definitely cancel culture and, and all the rest of these cultures that have popped up will definitely take a piece of us with it because we've sacrificed pieces of ourselves to get get by and get along, which is all fine and good because survival is um, most people's first priority. I think I'm becoming a lot less hard on myself and I'm becoming a lot less hard on other people. And when I, the more and more that you get into the Joe button and not even just, I don't want to keep focusing on them because I don't want to keep sending these people energy, whether it be positive or negative, because I'm sure their neurological systems, their energetic fields and auras and stuff are being like compacted with all this critique. And I can't say that it's not warranted. I don't believe, you know, as much as I want to not believe this, but I truly do not believe that we are not put through anything we can't handle, we didn't ask for it. Now, whether that be subconscious or um, consciously, I don't necessarily know if the universe gives a fuck. And um, that can be a reflection of our aloofness as human beings and our inability to kind of commit to the spiritual work that we have to do. But once again, I digress. I think that what I'm seeing happen on the world stage right now with a lot of different actors in my life and my friends' lives and, you know, celebrity culture's lives is that people are so dead set on not letting go of things that just do not work. And it's crazy how when you talk to someone who's married, who just got a divorce or... um I'm trying to think of someone who just left their job to start their business that's now booming. Um, someone who just left uh, a toxic home environment as a child. And now they are really, truly seeing abundance. When you talk to these people and you hear their stories, almost always one of the first things that they mention and one of the biggest point, like the biggest boulders in their lives they had to kind of get around was following their intuition and getting those psychic promptings that it was time to let something or someone or someplace go. And they didn't. And their life progressively got harder until it became a big blow up and they, they could no longer be contained. And while I was thinking about this, I was doing research on what are the things that people do in relationship to make them work. Because if you hear, it, it, it's so crazy how the human brain works, how like, and me and my therapist talked about this Um he said one of the best ways to see if someone is on your, not even on your level, but if they have your best interests at heart is I'm okay, you're okay. So most of the time we talk to people, it's not I'm okay, you're okay. It's I'm okay, something's wrong with you. Or I'm okay, you're not okay. So when you talk to people about relationships and their working relationships and most of the time failing relationships because there's no way you can tell me in this fucked up society we live in, especially in America, that's individual individual based, that people are in these high functioning relationships. It just does not work. I think people are in comfortable relationships that work for them. High functioning, I wouldn't say. Because you got alcoholics who go to work every day. You got drug addicts who go to work every day. They are high functioning but does that mean it is healthy? And does that mean that it is productive? Does that mean that it's going to get them to that next level? Absolutely not. It's just getting them from point A to point B. And so, you know, I know that sounds pessimistic. I, that's not me saying romance and things like that can't exist. Um, but I'm just giving my honest opinion. I think a lot of times people believe what they want to believe about themselves and about someone that they think that they loved. Because I feel like if you truly love someone, you can you can see them for who they are and admit that you were in a fucked up toxic relationship that just felt good at the time. Once again, I'm going to keep digressing, y'all. But 
I'm looking up the 12 things that um, keep a relationship together. And the first thing was tolerance versus acceptance. And what I found is in most relationships, because most relationships fail, whether they're friendships, um, acquaintanceships, business relationships, or romantic relationships, most relationships fail. And when I say fail, I mean that someone leaves feeling unfulfilled or someone leaves feeling like they had to compromise more than others. And if I want to get to on a spiritual tangent, I think that's why we have so many karmic relationships every time we incarnate because you spent 80 years of your life fucking cheesing and grinning up in everybody's face all the while you felt like you were being taken advantage of and you never said anything. Well, then when you come back in your next lifetime as, you know, um, you went from being a black woman and now this next lifetime you're a white man, yeah, you're going to fucking be pissed off. And you're going to feel like you're vindicated and mistreating people. Now, that is a hot take, but I do believe in reincarnation to a certain extent. Um, and, yeah, so that's just that's a personal belief. But, again, back to what I was saying about acceptance and tolerance, I think that a lot of times letting go is so hard because we've confused and conflated what acceptance is to tolerance. We think because we've tolerated someone for so so long that we've accepted them for who they are. But when every time this person does something and you get a visceral response, you have not accepted a damn thing. You were just learning how to t- you're just learning how to push down your anger more and more. It's like you're just stuffing something and stuffing it and stuffing it. And I think I talked about the stuffing, like the it's a it's a mental health term, but stuffing is just repressing. I think I talked about that on my past episode. Um but as I'm learning about all these different things, and there was a couple other things that on that list that I found to be kind of interesting, and some I found to be odd. I just think it is so crazy, <laughs> and this goes into the letting go piece. And it's so crazy how people have created whole careers, whole job markets, consumer markets off of staying with someone or keeping something. What is the obsession with holding on to something like? Has have anyone ever heard of the allegory or the analogy where you have a but a beautiful butterfly in your hand and you you hold it so tight not to let it go you crush it it's dead because that's how fragile I believe relationships to be and even when we think about the butterfly as a totem most butterflies live two weeks and I never figured out dropped some acid I was dog sitting that <laughs> tells you what type of bitch I am. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like one of the, I'm definitely one of those girls, one of those hippy dippy girls who does that type of stuff. But I was dog sitting in Decatur. If you know what Decatur is, you know what type of side of town I'm on. Super cool. Lady left me her Volvo. I went to a fucking Immortal Orchestra concert the next day. Like it was just mwah, a magnificent night or whatever weekend rather. But I remember when I was dropping acid, they had a Taoism book in the bathroom. And of course, like when you when you drop acid, you kind of lock in at one part of the house, not even because you're scared, just because you're so focused. Like for me, I usually do acid once a year, like on some like ay- ayahuasca shit, just to spiritually reset, cleanse, um, take away those subconscious blocks that make it hard for me to interpret certain spiritual information that goes against the like the core beliefs that I've built over time. And... In the book, they had this, you know, thousand proverb, I would say proverbs, because proverbs like a book of poems and stuff like that, analogies. But they were talking about how in one human lifetime, we live a million butterfly lifetimes. And it's like, imagine every morning or every week you wake up as a new butterfly or a new troop of butterflies in you. And it's like, 
what do you want them to experience? Do you want them to experience this, their short period in your body, their short period on this earth? Do you want them to experience pain? Do you want every butterfly that comes to your body to experience pain? Or do you want them to experience heartbreak? Do you want them to experience stagnation, um, cold, negativity? Or would you want every time that you incarnate as a butterfly within yourself to have a brand new experience? And just saying every new day is a new lifetime. Every new relationship is a totally different lifetime. And I've kind of always felt that way. I think partially because my North Node is in Scorpio, um, which is directly in my eighth house, which is directly across from my sun and my Mercury. So it does have a huge effect on how I see the world and my perception of the world, especially as I become an adult. I definitely come more into my um, Plutonian energy, which is the third ruling planet in my chart. So, um, I've always felt the heaviness of um, fixed energy, one, especially being a cardinal immutable sign primarily, and death until I realized that energy cannot be created or destroyed, um, which I truly believe now. It can only be transformed into something new, or it can be used for something new. So I do think some energy is so stagnant and so dense that it cannot be transformed into something new, but it's just like a mountain. Most mountains that we see, that like Mount Everest that we think is beautiful, started off as a big-ass cliff. And over hundreds and thousands of years, it turned into this beautiful mountain that you would think some fucking designer alien god thing came down and was just like, nah, we gonna, we, we gonna put that in Colorado for the niggas who smoke, because they gonna come out here and they gonna geek, bruh. <laughs> like, that's not what happened. Or maybe that is what happened on, like, energetic spiritual level, but when you get into the 3D way of thing, how things happen, nature takes its course, and nature's beautiful when you naturally let it do what it's supposed to do. Um, and that's just to say that I think even the densest of energies can be something beautiful. It just takes more time. And I think that's what I'm learning from, like, the Saturnian people in my life. Um, I'm not surrounded by a lot of Saturnian people, but if you know any Saturnian or Saturnian energy, which can be Aquariuses who are maybe on the downer swing, or not downer swing, but on the more denser vibration of Aquarian energy because Saturn used to rule Aquarius, or it's a Cap a Capricorn in Capricorn, we got one ruling planet, child. They got they got another ruler named Karma, but you can't tell them that. Um, so I have a few Saturnian people in my life, and there has been this battle that I've been having with the density that not only these people, but even some institutions. Most institutions are ruled by Saturn as well. So like the police force or school or your job, um, banks, those things would be ruled by Saturn, and um the denseness of the 3D, I think. And I think that is because I am not a very dense person. I, If I had my choice, I would not go deep into things very often. Um, I like to de- think deeply, but even when I think deeply, it's thinking deeply in a very esoteric way, a very large way, bigger picture. Um, I don't I don't necessarily value the individual way of thinking unless we're talking about me. You feel what I'm saying? I think everyone deserves a certain amount of selfishness and self-centeredness. You know, my Aries coming out. Hello. But I don't necessarily think that the way I should think about things should be wrapped around individuals as a whole. Because that's not thinking about the collective. That's just me kind of projecting self-righteousness. So as I'm 
as I'm becoming more comfortable with myself, I'm becoming more comfortable with the denser energies around me because what I'm learning is that their value is not necessarily in the frequency of which you maintain your relationship. Um, The value is more so in the true density, the true weight, the gravity, right? And I think it goes back to the age-old proverb of the things that you dislike about someone will be the things that you love about them at some any given moment, not even just these few moments. Most of the time, we're so, I'm going to speak for myself, I'm so honed in on some shit I don't like about you that I don't even realize how much I like you until after I've blown it. Because there's a part of me that is constantly seeking. There's a part of me that really seeks to protect myself. And then there's also a part of me that um, really would like to be more open up, more open to other things. I'm sorry I'm a little discombobulated. My fucking phone alarm went off. That's on me. I should have turned it off. But I'm recording on Anchor and Anchor fucking will stop recording if if something happens like that blows me y'all gotta do better like y'all gotta do better these phones should be able to multitask better than that because when somebody want to fucking call me while i'm doing some shit that i don't really need nobody calling me for somehow everything comes through but let me calm back down and get back recenter i'm not gonna let this minor inconvenience fuck up my flow my chi but um yeah i'm just kind of realizing that Gravity, weight, and density are not bad things because I think that for the same reasons I dislike them can be the same reasons why I like those types of energies in my life, whether they be in institutions, peoples, or um, items that I buy, material items. And I had the death and rebirth process that I think I went through, especially today, because I didn't have a really good therapy session with my therapist. I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all. I I'm I had to leave my therapist who I really enjoyed because her schedule, she caters to people um overseas, which is amazing, but because she, her primary focus is them overseas and she's not foreign, and I ain't going to get into that, but um since she caters to overseas, she didn't have anything available except for at night like 7, 8 or 9 o'clock and I work in the a service industry. I work at two different restaurants. And one of them, I'm going to be in a management position um, soon. I'm like, I can't, I'm going to be here really late. I don't, and I'm going to be coming in around that time, probably. Or coming in maybe two hours before that. That just doesn't work for my schedule. And then come to find out on the app that I'm using for my mental health um, therapy, or my behavioral health therapy, I'm sorry. Um it seems like most of the people who are highly qualified are catering to people overseas. And I can be honest and say that bothers me because I think the average American carries around so much shame about being American that like we almost will throw our throw the fellow American to the wayside because we project a lot of shame onto them to kind of help people who wouldn't do the same for us. And you can think about that, which you must. If you would like to live your life as a martyr, I salute you. Maybe they will erect statues and and churches in your name one day. But um, for me, I personally believe in community. And I think community starts with focusing on few. And when those few are are ready and able to focus on others, they can. Um, But America and America mental health system is not a community right now. So when I'm paying $180 a month for four sessions, four sessions a month. And I can't really book with the therapist I want to because they're busy helping people in another country where healthcare is free. Um, 
I, I get kind of irritated. So I had to find a new therapist and um, he is more of a like a life coach. I don't need a life coach. I got a motherfucking coach in my head who is able and ready. I need um, therapy. So, which means I need you to help me navigate and think about some of the stuff and get around some of the blocks. I don't need you to tell me, like, he's he telling me shit that I can read in a book, bruh. And then today I asked him, I asked him something, and he was just like, yeah, you know, there are plenty of different YouTube channels. Huh? You don't think that I checked out YouTube and, and articles and self-help books before I arrived in this meeting? So, I'm like... And they're about to charge me for this next month in June on May 27th. And I'm like, you guys are not charging me unless I find a therapist. And I have other things right now that are going on that are more pertinent to my holistic life. And to be honest with you, I'm not going through any type of mental health crises right now. So I don't necessarily need therapy, but therapy has been helping me take the extra edge off, you know, Um, especially my interpersonal relationships, because I can tell you guys one thing, just lending to the topic of purification, death, and rebirth. If you know anything about Zara Shelton, you know that I genuinely probably could give a fuck less about a whole bunch of things that the average person probably cares about. And I would say in my past life, <laughs> these past couple of years, people and relationships were one of them. They've gained a little bit more of a priority and purpose in my life because of the people I have in my life who have showed me love and kindness and care when they didn't have to, which I appreciate. Um, so they've so they've been put in my life to prove to me how important friendships and, and relationships, romantic, platonic business can be. But then in, on, the, on the same level, I'm still kind of um, moving away from that mentality of like, okay, well, fuck it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because... I think just by the way that I was raised and the type of person I am, the experiences I've had in my life, it's created a perfect storm of um, self-reliance, emotional self-reliance to the extent of stagnation. Um, Because when you come so like the nigga bear, whoever, the dude who go out, live out in the wild, he's so self-reliant that him going to live out in these wild environments, it got, it's gotten to a point where people like, okay, what's there to watch? We know you're going to drink your own pee. We know you're going to be able to fish. We know you're going to be able to swim. We know you're going to be able to pitch a tent out of fucking palm leaves. It's like, okay, we get it. You're reliant. You know what you're doing. Um, And I kind of think the universe and God and, and, you know, whatever powers that that be have been telling me, like, okay, we get it. You can be, like, emotionally self-reliant. Like, we get it. You can be alone and you don't need to talk to anybody. Like, we get it. You don't have to be on social media. You don't need validation from your peers or from people you don't know. We get it. Like, you've proved your point. Now, get out there and, like, go do that stuff because the fact that you're so reliant that you don't need it, that puts you in the green where a lot of people enter into these type of relationships or enter into social media or whatever, whatever the case may be. And they're they're They have no self-reliance, which puts them in the red. So they're already going in feeling like either they're old or um, not even that they're old, but that they need, you know, so it's kind of like walking into the bank needing a loan and not having no down payment money as opposed to having your ducks in a row. You can do it without the bank's money, but this extra little push, this extra little oomph will put you over the edge. So I think that's kind of been the, um, that's kind of been the spiritual and mental guidance that I've been getting 
like on an esoteric metaphysical level it's just like okay it's time to just put yourself out there it's time to just step into this new life where your self-reliance is not such an integral part of your identity because i think once you get to a point spiritually where you know what's for you is for you you stop really 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 giving a fuck about anything because karma is not going to affect what's for me what's for me um people are not going to affect what's for me that's for me um no job no setback nothing is going to keep me from my destiny keep me from what god has destined for me and i think once you recognize that you kind of get a little spoiled a little con um content and you get you get arrogant for sure because you're like oh well i can still fuck up get taken off my path and get put back on at this date this time because this is what's going to happen regardless um and I'm kind of coming off of that high horse, not because it's caused me any great strife or pain, because I, I personally think that the universe and God love that type of, you know, them type of high vibrations. Like, oh, sh you sure? You confident? You know it's yours, it's yours? And you're not really needy? You're not super attached to nobody? But then I think this is a worldly life I'm living too, right? And I think that when you're like a super high mind, like, you know, all about spirituality and metaphysics and stuff like that. And oh, let me, I want to put an asterisk and kind of put a fork in something for y'all. I, I realize that we're moving into this new age where spirituality is becoming popular. I love it. I love to fucking see it. I love to see something that can actually change people's lives become popular. Um, but do not let these people on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube for you. Spirituality is not fucking pretty. Most of the spiritual people, quote unquote, in your life are people you probably do not care for that much, at least their personalities. You love their energy. You love being around them, but their personality can leave much to be desired. They might not say everything the way that you want them to say it. Um, I say all that to say that, and, and it could be on a flip side where this is a person who is a reincarnation of Buddha or Jesus. But we still don't know what the people' personalities, what their character was. We just know what their destiny was. Okay? But I said all that to say that my spiritual journey and no one else's is dependent on them being liked. By me or by their peers, by their family, by, I mean, their wife. Being liked has nothing to do with being closer to God. If you've read any spiritual handbook, any type of um, anything, anything dealing with spirituality and your connection to a higher power in any religion, most of them people in them books were not well liked. Okay. So let's just start and end there because I, I feel energetically where we're moving. We can turn this into another witch hunt where it's, we're, we're discrediting people's spirituality because either people come forward and say that they weren't the nicest person. They weren't, weren't the most well liked person. Um, and even to tie this back into like the JBP thing and where I'm at with it now, I do think there are still a lot of moving pieces. And I do think there's just some foul, um, sour motherfuckers in that camp and they will, they, they're exposing themselves already. Not they will be exposed. They're exposing themselves already. Um, but I do think there are some wounded healers in that camp as well. And even some of the sour people are probably wounded healers. And I say wounded healers, meaning their pain is becoming my healing and a lot of other people's healing. This happening has changed the course for me and how I'm going to end up podcasting in ways that I won't speak about right now, but will be spoken on very soon. 
And um, it's changing the way that I see myself moderating on Discord. It's changing the way that I see myself interacting with my friends who the internet doesn't even know that I'm friends with. Like, it just changed my perception because someone in authority has been wounded and I am able to heal based on their woundedness because they are in a position of power. And I think that is when you know that there's true power there. So there, as much as there is sourness, fouls, snakes, grass not cut, friendships burnt to the ground, there is true power that exists outside of a Joe Button, a Rory, a Maul, a Park, Savon, Ian. You know, so it's not about the, the message ain't in the medium. The message is not never going to be in the medium, not in 2021, 22, 23. We, the message probably won't be in the medium until we're light beings. And that's going to be another couple thousand years. Maybe not. Fingers crossed. Um, it would be cool if we could transcend, transcend this human body, you know, while still being not in like the nether realm. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, back on the spiritual thing. I forgot what I was saying before that, but being spiritual does not equate to being nice. So please do not take my stance on how I feel about my spirituality and like where I feel like I'm positioned to be nice. Like I said, the medium is not the message. I am the medium. I am not the message. The message is what is coming out of my mouth. Okay. So, and that's something I have to work on too. Now, granted, trash is trash. Um, but every man's trash is somebody's treasure. And I just want to move out of this shame space. Because what I find is the last couple of, not even couple, because I don't argue with people often, which people probably won't believe. It's usually just a whole bunch of arguments with the same people. Um, Because I think on a spiritual level, people I recognize as karmic, the other people recognize it as karmic, and it has to be taken care of. And because one thing about me, and one thing that people know about me who know me is I'm not going to let no shit go. And it's not I'm not letting it go because I want to forever hate you because I don't. I'm not letting it go because we're going to fucking fix this problem because that's the type of person I am. I need to get better at saying that. I need to get better at verbalizing my frustration because like Joe Button and like I would say even Rory... I can either be aggressive or I can be, <laughs> I want to say passive aggressive. I, I'm really bad at being passive aggressive. I can either be aggressive light or aggressive nitro. So like, I mean like aggressive, you know, pedal or aggressive pedal to the metal. You feel me? So I would like to move out of space of aggressiveness and be more in my assertive power, which I can be very assertive too. Now, granted, another thing I want to say, sometimes your assertiveness is going to still be perceived as aggression to someone, especially if they feel like you're you're out of your place, fuck them people. We don't give a fuck about them people. When you know in your heart that you're not being aggressive, you're being assertive and someone is gaslighting you because they don't like what you're saying, tell them to suck your dick and if, tell them to suck it from the back, bro. Like, you don't even have time to really even... Do not do the 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 those back and forth stuff. Like, not back and forth as me arguing. Argue, because I love arguing. Arguing is cathartic, one. And two, when have you ever fucking, when have you ever argued with somebody and not ended up on a better end? I'm one of them people where the best way for me to, um, the best way for me to find friends is through enemies. Um, just because I like a challenge, one. And two, you're not going to rock my boat. And I'm the type where I say a whole bunch of shit and I get over it. Like, I don't hold on to, 
I don't hold on to stuff that people do and say. What I hold on to the fact is that I don't feel like I have closure. I don't feel like our relationship is functioning the way that I want to. That's a little bit of perspective on Zara and how Zara does things. But I would like to be more, I would like to be assertive and Okay, how can I say it? Because I feel like I'm assertive most of the time, but I would like to be assertive in instances where I'm aggressive because I think there are only truly about 10% of the times where I truly need to just be like, motherfucker, talk to me like that again and slap the shit out of you. There are, there's very few times in my, my day-to-day life where I even have to even think about getting going there. Um, but what I find is there's, there are certain personality types and there are certain things that people do that trigger me. And once I'm triggered, that's when I become a terrorist. Like that's when I become a Sagittarius. (laughs) Um, and like my moon, she's like, it is so crazy how aloof Sag energy is. Cause I'm mostly like, I'm mostly a Sag and an Aquarius. Please don't, please do not roast me. Um, as far as my chart goes. And it is so crazy how aloof those energies are until you piss me off. Like, it's so crazy how, how like, much, how I get along with you, kiki with you. I mean, might even flirt with you trying to get something going because I just, you know, whatever. And you piss me off, bruh. It's like... <laughs> it's like, not even a flip switch. Like, not even, a, like, it's not even a, no, a switch flip. That's said a flip switch. It's not even... Well, you can say flip switch. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it's not even a a flip switch. It's like, no, like, legit, just like... I will take a little bit of time, come back, and still be on your ass. Like, it's a type of of vindictiveness that can only be appreciated at this point in my life. Like, the older and older I get, the more and more that I feel comfortable with the shadow part of me. No matter how uncomfortable it makes other people... And, you know, that could be, that could be deemed, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Inconsiderate. But it's like, when I get up to wherever I'm going when I die, is God gonna really be mad at me for not going through my spiritual work because it was inconsiderate to other people? No, I think he would be mad if I considered what other people thought about me doing my spiritual work. That's just my God, me personally. And that's not saying we should all go around being Sagittarius, but you see there's usually only one or two of us in a group. So I'm sorry, not sorry, but I'm sorry because <laughs> it's a lot. And I also want to say too, in the death and rebirth process, like for me, because I'm such a critical person and I do think there's no way that you can be critical on yourself and not be critical on other people and you read what you sow, period. I don't, I'm not above the, the seeds that I sown because whether it's a good seed or a bad seed, the motherfucker going to sprout. And if it's bad, you just waited a whole year for some bullshit. And if it's good, you waited a whole year for something beautiful. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm realizing in my death and and rebirth and fire and purification process is I might do something that get me put on a cross or get me put, get me burnt at the stake. But oh, trust and believe that I am covered. So once I realized that it was just like that, that's when I get into my, cause another thing I wrote down that I wanted to talk about was nihilism, but that's when I get into my nihilistic thought process where it's just like, well, shit, 
if I'm gonna get hung from the show, if I'm gonna get hung from the um from the street lamp anyway, I might as well start a ruckus, which is just my fixation on being stimulated. I have to be stimulated. I realize that about myself too, and I almost be ready to cut niggas off if they don't stimulate me. Like, and when I say niggas, that's uh, you know that's gender fluid, it's plural as far as just like people in general. Like when people stimulate me or they don't stimulate me in a way I don't like, um. I almost find that they have no they have no um need in my life. And that's something that me and my first therapist were working on is just treating people in a very utilitarian way, which is what I saw Joe doing with his podcast. And you cannot treat your friends like tools, bruh. You cannot treat your friends like they're disposable. Because one day they're gonna just throw they're gonna walk out to the trash can themselves and it's probably gonna be in a very inconvenient time and it's probably gonna really hurt your feelings because you did not expect for them to think that they, they didn't matter. But your behavior Behavior is what shapes people's thoughts of you, right? Not what you say, not what you think you're doing, but what you're actually doing, you know? And I am still a very strong proponent and I cannot control how you feel, nor am I responsible for your your um, emotions. But I can be held accountable and be called out for when I do something that I know you're not going to like. Now, that's when we get into the territory. That's that's one thing I can say Zara does not do. I will own up to me doing some bullshit because I have the Sour Patch Kids energy. So I don't necessarily even care how you're thinking of me. Um, So if you tell me, like, Zara, you're tripping, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I know I'm tripping, but fuck you, though, you know? And so <laughs> that's not necessarily a good thing, but I think that's a lot better than people who are manipulative. They'll do some shit that they know piss you off. And then when you bring it to their attention... Oh, I, I didn't think that was going to hurt your feelings. Bullshit, bruh. Bullshit. And now I'm kind of all over the place. Oh, yeah, but getting back to the critical thing. What I'm realizing in my process is just like being critical of myself is not helpful. Being critical of other people is not helpful. How can I learn how to get along with people without putting them through this critical initiation process? How can I learn how to get along with people without testing them, you know? And really, how can I make it more clear the type of person that I am non-verbally? Because what I find is I have a very powerful um, throat chakra when I'm upset or when I have, like, when my ego or my willpower is activated. Um, And it really doesn't, getting back into that, I'm being assertive, but people might think I'm being aggressive. It really doesn't even matter what I say at that point, because I'm asserting power that a lot of other people do not have. And we live in a day and age where power is a bad word. Power is scary. But when you see the things happen in the world, you see why people are afraid of power. I love power. I love authority. Um, I love being in leadership positions. I, I, It's just natural for me. Powers are something I naturally seek, something I'm naturally interested in, whether it be my own or someone else's. Um, so my perception is different about it than other people, but I have to understand that the same way that they have to understand my perception. And so it, it's just, I think my death and rebirth like um, buzzword, or one of them is, because I wrote down a couple of them, but one of them is definitely reciprocity. And it's reciprocity, not in behavior and actions, because I'm kind of past that point. I'm in a, I'm moving towards, I'm not moving towards, I'm in material abundance. I'm in, um, I'm in that flow. 
I'm in that flow and I'm grateful. I'm in the flow of material abundance. I'm in the flow of moving parts in my life. Like my life is speeding up so fucking fast. Like it's happening right before my eyes. Like it's crazy. Um, This year is going to be fucking busy, but I'm fucking ready. But reciprocity when it comes to relationships and not even just relationships and energy. Because I really could give a fuck what energy you send my way. Like I said, I'm covered and I'm going to keep saying that. Um, It's more about if I'm doing the work, you have to be doing the work. And I find that in my close, close relationships, that's not that hard. Um, But it's more when I'm getting to know people who usually wouldn't be in my spec and their personalities are outside of what's normal for me. Um, And I'm just, as I'm getting older, I'm not getting mean, I'm getting grumpier and (laughs) more irritable. And I'm, you know, I'm, I think that there are certain things, um, vitamin wise that I could be doing for that, which I am doing as far as like supplements And I do think that I need a physical outlet outside of the physical stuff that I've been doing. I I, I need, (laughs) I was about to say something. I'm about to say, I need to be having sex. Just going to say that. Um, But that's its own journey because we're talking about, we're basically talking about eighth house shit right now. Let me just keep it a buck with you. We're talking about Scorpio shit. You don't know what the eighth house is in astrology. Go look it up. Depending on your sign, it might be different. And depending on what type of astrology you're in, it could be different. I'm into Placidus astrology and I'm also in Aries, which means that my chart is going to be like, not the blueprint chart, but it's going to, if you were to look up your transits now on like cafe astrology or astro theme, they're going to use my chart up against your chart. And that's how they're going to get what transits are affecting you. Um, because Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. So my chart, my eighth house is what the eighth house is going to be for when they're talking about the rules for the 12th, the 12 houses in the plastic chart, the eighth house is ruled by Scorpio. That's where my North node is. We're talking about destiny, which makes sense because there's, um, some eclipses happening. Eclipse season is happening in the North and South node, which, uh, for me is my second and eighth house. Who child. And I, I, I could get into it. Um, but I would just like to know maybe some feedback from you guys. If you guys like when I tie in astrology and stuff, because I know for some people, it can just sound like, I wouldn't even say woo-woo, because at least that's a little imaginative. It can just sound like a lot. It could, it could just sound like a lot of information, and they might not necessarily be interested, but they might be interested in other things I'm talking about. So I just kind of want to, I want to see what works. I want to just try out new things and see what works. But with us talking about the eighth house, I guess we cannot talk about this type of stuff. A Scorpio would kill me if we talked about death, rebirth, purification, and fire, and we did not talk about sex. Um, Right now, currently, I'm observing celibacy. I... For what reasons? What reasons am I willing to share? I could say, just to, just to go ahead and put your little minds at rest, it ain't nothing crazy. Like, I'm not... um. My libido is still up. <laughs> I think about sex often. I mean, I to be honest with you, I think I think about sex just as much as men do. Because when I talk to men, they're like, they think about sex like 60, 70% of the day. And I'm like, yeah, if I didn't repress my sexual thoughts, I would too. So, yeah, I think about sex a lot. Um, I get horny a lot. Um, 
I'm observing celibacy. I guess one thing that I would mind saying is just because the type of sexual connection that I'm looking for at my big old age of 26 is um, something that is, what's the word I'm looking for? Ground moving, like unearthing. I want something to like that. I want sex to like uproot me and then roots me back and then like uproot me and roots me back. Like, Something that is going to inspire me, something that is going to give me energy, and for it to be with someone who truly cares about me. Now, I've, I've talked about my stance on like relationships as far as like not really necessarily being interested in monogamy, but as I'm learning more about polygamy and I'm learning more about how that can work for me and what my needs and wants are truly, I'm learning that I would like to have very deep excuse me, interesting, dynamic, um, passionate sexual relationships with multiple people. And I would like to really truly get to know these people and get to know their bodies and get to know their minds and know their desires and fulfill those desires and have minds fulfilled as well. And I find that hard to do in the current dating market only because people, and I'm guilty of this too, just not in my sex and relationship life, People want to move real fast. <laughs> People want to move really fast. And and not not even in a way of like being sure about what they want and taking the proper steps. Like, because I, once again, triple fucking fire here. I know what it means. Like, I know triple fire with the air rising. I know what it means to move fast. I know what it means for some shit to be passionate and explosive. Like, I get it. Um, but one thing I can say about one thing I can say about divine masculine, not not these niggas running around here, but divine masculine energy is divine masculine energy. So I'm gonna compare the two types of niggas, right? So you got a nigga who wanna move fast. You got a, you got the masculine. The masculine wants to move fast. He wants to tell you what he wanna do, but he not gonna act on it. He not gonna do it. He not gonna be consistent. He's not gonna keep up with what he's supposed to be doing. But he kind of just wants to talk your ear off, which to me is like you trying to manipulate me and get me prepped and ready for what? The letdown, what it usually ends up being. Um, Now, granted, I haven't thrown no coochie, no neck in a minute, minute. So I am not in that cycle of of being propped up and let down by niggas um, sexually, physically, mentally, emotionally, just because I'm too old and grown for that. And when I'm not thirsty, desperate or naive. Um, I didn't been around the block. So, uh, yeah. Um, but then you got divine masculine who is like, you know what? I want you to be my girlfriend. What do I need to do? What's the steps that we need to take? And then he's going to take every step. So I think there's a difference in moving fast is not the thing. So maybe I used the wrong phrase. Everyone wants to just manipulate one another and kind of get what they get, what they need from you without giving anything. And it's just like, if you are that concerned about protecting yourself and your ego while you dating, you really don't need to be dating me because I don't require, I don't, um, inspire a lot of security (laughs) in relationships, especially romantic relationships, because I'm very detached. Zara's going to go on about her day and her life doing what serves her best. 
while while maintaining and trying not to harm you if I got to, you know, B-I-B-I, like, I'll buck up, but I would prefer not to. But as far as trying to manipulate people into doing stuff, I'm not really interested in doing it. And then trying to manipulate you into doing something just to kind of let you down. It's like the least you can do, if you're going to be a dom and you want me to be your sub, doms take on a lot of responsibility and the care and the safety of their submissive. So if you're going to manipulate me, the least you can do is still have me propped up and have me thinking everything is good. Like niggas didn't even, don't even know how to properly seduce a bitch, but want to kind of be talking to you in a way that which have you believe things are going somewhere when they're not. Now, I'm so nutty, like, and sometimes bored. I will entertain bullshit. Like, I'll entertain birds. I I don't have a problem with doing that. But is that what I want? No. And I'm at the point now where I'm learning a lot about alchemy. I'm learning a lot about biological alchemy and about energetic alchemy and, and, and alchemy and relationships, where it's just like, I know I have the sauce, bro. People can say and think what they want, but we all know on a spiritual soul level that I have the sauce. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm very, I'm very interesting, beautiful human being. I mean, and that's just where the chips have fallen. You know, mashallah, I'm blessed and highly favored. So I don't. I'm not going to keep putting myself in a position where just because my cup is overflowing and God keeps filling back up my cup, I'm going to keep filling up your little bottle cap. Or your cup that's turned upside down. I'm just basically pouring water on your head, getting you wet. Off off all my juice? No, I'm okay. Because I'd much rather just contain that energy. And I'm just going to have to find a proper outlet. God willing, um, there will be men, you know, maybe some women. I don't know. I'm really I'm really uh, interested, I would say, sexually in men right now um, who come into my life who know what their wants and needs are and who can express those wants and needs to me fully and honestly so then I can give that to them because I'm a pleaser. So I when I and I did not realize this, I would say until maybe like a month ago. Where I didn't realize when I was talking to someone and it it just it hasn't it's not going it's not really going where I, it's not going anywhere as far as I'm concerned. Um but I realized, like, this is someone who is not in the position to allow me to please them. This is someone who is not giving me access to them the way that I need in order to gather the information I need to properly seduce them and make them feel good. So this is not someone that I can really be indulgent in, you know, because there's no substance there. And not because this person doesn't have substance, because they're just not giving me access. And I can't overstep their boundaries. Um, And that's when I realized, I was like... I am a fiend for getting to know what someone needs and giving that to them. And I think that that part of myself has been repressed, which would be represented by my Venus, which I'm not telling y'all, because then that will tell y'all a lot about my personality, Um, is because I've engaged with people who do not feel like they are worthy of me to please them. They do not feel like they are worthy of me to give them what they need and what they desire. And when you do not feel worthy... There's nothing I can do to make you feel worthy. You have to be open to the possibility that there is someone out there who truly just wants to make you feel loved and good, you know? And I think we all go through points in our lives where we can be projecting this image that we, you know, I'm I'm Playgirl Bunny. <laughs> I'm play I'm big Playgirl Bunny with the big Playgirl Bunny ears, like I'm out and about, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But 
when I meet someone who wants to show me how much how much worthy I am in their eyes, I can't open up to that possibility because in all actuality, I think I'm very small. And I think I'm as small as only having sex with you for one night and then leaving you and then thinking, then trying to make you think it's because you're insignificant. No, no, sir. Not me. No, sir. No, no, no. Casual sex has been out the window for me for years. I would say my going into my early 20s, um, I was celibate for a while. Then I, you know, got back crunk. And then I, I was celibate again. For my 20s, I was saying just in general, I've been pretty in and out of celibacy only because I realized what I'd want and need to truly have great sex and to truly produce that alchemic magic that happens when you're sexually connected to someone who you care about not someone who you just lust now lust can get some people super far because some some of you niggas and women y'all run off lust like fucking premium fuel and you you the bmw like i am not that girl no i i need a son i need i need passion lust like a pop of girl sugar spice everything nice with a little bit of chemical x and I, <laughs> I feel like the chemical X is a little bit of toxicity and drama. Um, but the sugar, the spice, everything nice would be like passion, lust, and like desire. You know? Scorpio shit. Ah! But um, yeah, so that's kind of where I am with sex. Desire is a whole nother thing. I feel like I'm... <sighs> There's a psychologist. Her name is Esther it was Iralis or if you look up Esther Desire, she pops up. She's done a couple of TED talks that are some of like the most viewed TED talks ever. Um, she specializes in desire and cheating. Uh, she's challenging because she's not American and she really advocates. Like she's one of them. I'm not gonna make no assumptions. I'm trying to get off doing that too. But yeah, she's interesting. But I said her name to say and shout her out to Esther um, because she is prolific for sure and her viewpoint is so just abstract but it makes logical sense but um she's she has a phd in desire which i think is fucking like one of the dopest things i have ever heard in my life like literally to tell people like yeah i have a phd in desire and then like your french like with this very sexy disposition i mean ugh, goals um but as I'm learning more about diet, desire in a clinical, psychological way, um, I, I think I've always had a hold on desire, like, in the Nietzsche way of, like, unrequited love and sexual repression coming up as, like, this icky desire and then getting into, like, BDSM, which has always been one of my first sexual loves and something I've been, something I was... Um, Introduced to maybe not in the right way as far as pornography, but then once I looked at the art of it, like you look up the Japanese um, rope binding techniques and like you look at what it truly means to be a, a dom or a sub and just that whole, that umbrella of BDSM has always just been something that's really interesting to me and I would love to, as I get older, really tr- explore it for myself and practice, but um, I've always understood, I would say, that part of desire because it's something that I was autodactively learning on my own after I dropped out of high school. But as I'm getting older and I'm starting to come become like the co-creator of my life and my destiny and like um, how I do things, I'm reigniting that flame in myself that desires things and wants to go after it. And I think for so long that flame was put out once again because I just... 
I don't think I believed that what I wanted was out there. Um, and so I, because of that, I was attracting towards me people who were not what I wanted. I think because I was so focused on what I didn't want, desire-wise, I was attracting what I didn't want. Um, and then, too, I have a lot of masculine energy, um, even though I'm a very... I can be a very feminine person in the particulars, but as far as I would say my sexual energy could be very masculine, meaning like um, I don't mind doing certain things to get what I want, never in a pick me way, because please don't pick me, (laughs) Um, but in a way of like, I'm playing chess too, like I'm not just, I'm not on a I'm not, I'm I'm playing the game with you niggas. Like, you're, you're not playing me. We're, we're playing with each other. We're collaborating. And if we're competing, we're competing against each other. It's, 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 it, it'll never be, it'll never be you. It'll always be me if that's how we roll it. And I think that's a very masculine way of thinking about things. And then on the flip side, um, I've always been the type of, I want to have sex with somebody. I'm just going to say it and we either going to do it or we won't. Like, I'm just going to, like, I, I don't need you to pursue me sexually especially if it's consensual in the sense that like you have already expressed to me and you've already shown me what I need to know to feel safe in the connection like oh it's lit that's it like we ain't even gotta play no more games go ahead and throw the chessboard off the fucking table like move that bitch like in the movies um throw it on the floor um so I think I'm learning to not be ashamed of that part of me which I think a lot of my closer homegirls have inspired because they go after what they want sexually. Now, I can see I've learned from their mistakes because I am very coy and that's a part of like, and people would never think, these glass screens and these computer screens <laughs> hide a lot of our body language and true personalities. And even, and even still, I mean, even when you, can't see me like when I'm doing clips, podcasts, or um, when I've done YouTube channels and things like that, like I'm still at a job, you know, I'm still performing, and even now, I'm still I'm still thinking as I'm speaking to you guys. This, I'm in a flow because I'm, I'm talking about something I'm passionate about that I've been sitting on for a week, but I'm still thinking as I'm speaking, you know, as because I can't just spitball because I'll either say something I regret or I'll say something that is just not well thought out. So when people think about my personality, they're thinking about the performative part of myself. They're not because they most people who interact with this podcast or who interact with me on the Internet have not met me in person. Most um, unless they live in my city or they live up in New York or like Florida or something like that, because I have a lot of homies spread out in Cali and stuff. I have homies spread out in those places. But um I'm a very coy, shy person. I can be extremely quiet, especially if I'm around like a gentleman um, that I I like, and because uh, I can, I become submissive and very feminine um, because that's just the position that I like to play. Like when I'm with a nigga, I want him to be the leader. Like I incarnated into this female biological body for a reason. That's what I believe. I'm not saying that's everyone else's journey. Um, maybe they incarnated into a female body biologically for a different reason, but, um, so I can be very coy and 
I'm learning for like my homegirls that it's like you don't have to be coy when you want something. But I think the mistake the mistake that I'm learning from from them is that a man wanting to have sex with you is not enough for him to respect you. <laughs> and it's crazy that women learn this shit like in our late twenties. Like I'm I'm it's crazy that I'm just now like I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm just now learning this because like I said I kind of gave up casual sex a long time ago but I'm just now conscious being consciously aware of the fact of why it is that I've been so turned off from certain engagements and certain interactions I've had with gentlemen over the past couple years and specifically this past week because niggas have been trying it with me like let me tell you something because I feel like my Instagram and Discord is not the proper place. And then I, it's none of the niggas I know in Discord. It's these these are like Instagram and Twitter niggas. So I probably shouldn't even have brought that up. But I sometimes I get in my bag, especially in Clips Discord, which is like going in the house and screaming. And I'll just put a public service announcement that has nothing to do with them. So I think that's why I said that. But like niggas have been approaching me on like some real... Aggressive is not the right word because that's implying something that's not true, but just some real raunchy shit, raunchy and tacky. And it's like nothing about me screams raunchy and tacky. My brand, especially this rebrand I'm going through, that's like a spiritual inner rebrand and it's just projecting outwards and people are, I'm just now allowing people to see that side of myself because I don't care if people think I'm lame because I'm spiritual anymore. Um, Nothing about what I'm putting out into the universe is saying anything tacky or trashy. And when I'm putting out love and light, I don't even really post pictures of myself because I don't want no whole bunch of pictures of my face on the internet. I don't want no whole bunch of pictures of me on the internet. Niggas are weird and they're showing me that. And you, I want to fuck you so bad right now. Huh? What are you fucking talking about, my G? Like, where does this this coming? You don't even say hi, hello. How are you doing? How's your day going? How is school? You wanna? Can I come pick you up? Can I drop off some lunch? When you gotta go to work? Let me get. Let me bring you a smooth. Let me bring you a fucking um coffee. None of that. I I'm I'm so horny. I wanna fuck right now. Bruh, you're lucky I can't fucking send someone to your house. Y'all niggas are lucky that's not an iOS feature. Because I would be sending some fucking stormtroopers to your spot, bruh. That is so rude, one. And two, there are women out there who want to be spoken to like that. They're putting content out like that so they can get that type of attention. Go give it to them. Stop trying to find a way to harass the bitches who then took themselves out the game. I'm not even in the bleachers with you niggas. I'm not at the game. I'm not at the stadium. I'm not interacting. I don't watch baseball. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. And then on top of that, have some fucking class. I truly believe my body's a temple. I know that's cliche, but I've spent long enough either putting stuff into it. I shouldn't have, you know, toxin-wise as far as drugs. Fucking niggas I shouldn't have. That was when I was younger. You like not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm at the point now, first of all, aging starts at 25. So if you are 25 and younger or 25 and older, 25 is when you start aging. Your skin starts aging, your body starts aging, organs start aging. You cannot do the same shit that you were doing 25 years before. I would more so say 10 years before because a lot of us picked up fucked up habits. This is, And I would say this is mostly for men pick up really fucked up habits when we were in high school and because they have high and I only say that because they have higher metabolisms lasting a little bit longer into their life than we do. Um but you know we getting plastic surgery and shit now. Uh, 
<laughs> um, we pick up fucked up habits because we, we used to be athletes. We used to be cheerleaders. We used to um, walk and ride our bikes everywhere. And then here we are now, 25, 26, still doing the same shit and not necessarily doing the, the, the things that keep us in the net positive. And so now I realize my body is a temple. I'm taking care of sis. Would I, if, if this was truly a synagogue, this was truly a, um, a mosque, would I let someone in here who was not properly fitted? No. Would I let someone in here who's not properly bathed? No. Would I let some motherfucker come in here who yelling, screaming, and cussing, talking about how you want to fuck the priest? Absolutely not. Those type of people would not even dare walk into this t- this temple. So why is it that? You don't read the literature, aka you don't read none of my Instagram posts. You, you don't check up on me. You don't um, tithe, so you're not interested in taking me out anywhere to get to know me. You're not interested in gifting me, and I, I'm gonna take an asterisk on that too. This, since this is a temple, this is a place of worship, praise and worship. If you want to come up in here and be smug, you want to come up in this temple, you want to come up in this coochie and act like it's not that big of a deal, you don't want to praise, sing, shout, let it all out. There are other there are other conservative churches to go to. This is a Southern Baptist joint. We up in this bitch acting a monkey. We congregating. We getting to know each other. We're getting close. We We don't mind begging for tithes. Don't, if you will never have access to my coochie without coming bearing gifts, Period. I don't give a fuck if it's just a, a blood orange and some matching roses. Something. But if you think for one moment that you're going to step inside my house, you're going to step inside whatever Airbnb or whatever type of setup we have, and it's just going to be off the strength, I'm just going to let you, I'm going to invite you energetically into my womb off the strength of me liking you and you not having to do nothing, you not having to praise and worship me. It's not going to happen. So just ix it, nix it, let it go and move on. Public service announcement over. So do not come to this temple if you're not ready to praise and worship, tithe, and have respect. And then so that means if I say take your shoes off, figuratively, whatever the case may be, um, I need to make sure that that's going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's like where I'm at. That Now, that's definitely a purification process. That's not so much death and rebirth because I feel like that rebirth kind of happened like I said, in my early 20s, around 23, I would say, so a couple years ago. This is just more of a purification process of me kind of going inside of going inside of the mental temple. The, 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 it's almost like going inside the head office that's not in the church, but that's outside of the church, but still helps run it. Going inside of that sexual mental temple and just doing a deep clean, kind of getting rid of some workers who are not in my best interest anymore, who getting rid of those belief systems and thought processes that tell me that I'm not worthy to be initiating niggas before they have sex with me, that I'm not, that it's too much. But I don't care if I'm fucking the same four niggas from now until the day I die which hopefully, you know, God willing to be another 56 years from now. I don't give a fuck, bruh. I don't care. I I rather quality over quantity. Because you know what? When I put them three or four fine-ass niggas who bought their bag, they about respecting me, they about praising me, worshiping me the way that I want to, they about investing in me financially, spiritually, mentally, and me doing the same for them. If if If, if you ain't that, then you just not that, and that's okay. I want for you to find your woman. I want for you to find that person that's for you. 
but y'all slide into my DMs on some, like, tacky sexual shit, asking me where I'm at, nigga. Where are you? I don't know. Where am I? And the fact that the fact that you got to hit me up on a Monday or Tuesday, you don't know what I'm doing, mean that we probably don't speak that much, which means we probably shouldn't be talking. And it's not no hard feelings. It's not me trying to down you because, like I said, there are some women who like that type of shit. To be honest with you, if me and you were in some type of open relationship that was serious and I mean, you know, not not no so much emphasis on open, but the ser- emphasis on the serious part. If we're in a relationship that's serious, where the primary concern is about our sexual energetic exchange and how how comfortable we make each other, how passionate we make each other feel, and you hit me up, first of all, you would never hit me up in the first thing you ask me what am I when I'm doing. First, you would ask me how is our how are you? Is there anything that you need? And then you would ask me where you at? I want to come and see you. I want to I want to share some time with you. That's how niggas who want to get with me or who are with me already would behave but off the rip I'm not her and I just don't like how it's just it's ill-aligned connections the wrong people are connecting with the wrong people because people feel entitled to good people people feel entitled to good energy you're not entitled to a dime but it's good energy that I'm working on I'm not pouring none of my Jim Jones Kool-Aid in your cup and sending you to hell. Not, let me stop playing. I'm not. I'm not taking in any refugees. I don't have a cult. Like, I'm not interested in them type of men who are feminine. Like they're they're homeless. Like they're homeless in their feminine space. They don't have anywhere to park themselves. They don't have any temple to go worship at. Meaning they don't have any woman that they want to invest in. That's fine. But atheists and non-believers <laughs> can't come in here. Y'all can't even sit in the back. I, I, this is not for research purposes. I'm not one of them churches. You got to get up out of here. You got to go do. You got to go do your little con game, or whatever. Pick up artistry, whatever the shit you niggas is getting taught on the internet. Y'all got to go do that shit somewhere else. Leave me out of it. Um, like and another thing, talking about uh, Scorpionic stuff and Scorpio uh, and Pluto. Scorpio, not so much, but Pluto and Plutonian energy is about uncovering and exposing. I want, and another thing I want is for you niggas, I don't understand how a nigga who loves pickup artists and like Kevin Samuel, how did you, like, how do you niggas end up fucking, I don't, I don't get it. Like, and that just goes to show like you're out of alignment because there's nothing wrong with who you are. There's nothing wrong with who you are romantically. There are tastes for everybody. The only people I don't think deserve a taste is like rapists and pedophiles. But let's say you into kinky shit or you into talking dirty to bitches or you into this and you into that. There is someone out there who will not yuck your yum. I'm not yucking your yum. But I'm also too not going, I'm not going to enable it because that's not what I want. So it's just like, let's say you want a Kevin Samuels high value man thing where you like, you know, my dick big, I'm young, I'm fine, I make money, like I deserve blase, blase, blase type of girl then why are you not going after her is my question. Why do you keep... I'm not saying you're settling because you're fucking with me and I'm not those things. You're settling because you're fucking with me and I don't care about none of that shit. Because I'm a bad bitch. I'm well-traveled. I'm an honor student. I'm on the, the, the judicial board at my school. Like, I got home people. I got friends. I make connections. I'm on public platforms. 
I don't care about none of that stuff. So it ain't even about us looking like we a match on the outside. Our morals and values are not in alignment. And that's more important than anything else. But homeboy is not teaching people that. And there's nothing wrong with him not. But that's another thing. You got to be careful who church you go into. The internet is turning into the school, the church, the club, the parlor where debates. Like the internet is turning into an all-purpose place. And I think as as we move towards more subscription-based internet services, people are going to actually be truly finding their tribes because once people start investing money in America, that's when shit gets serious. You really see the, the, the fat float to the top. So it's like, really be careful who church you go into. Be careful who you give your money, give your influence, your power over to, because now they're in the driver's seat of your life in your brain while you're in the back and they could be driving you towards me. They could be driving you towards another bitch who is not meant for you. <clears throat> Because I'm telling you right now, the men who are going to be coming into my life in the next couple months, years, or whatever have you, whatever's meant, are going to be compassionate, caring, nurturing, kind, I mean, generous, fine, three-legged niggas. Like, I'm not, and those are the things I'm interested in. And also, a nigga who don't mind that I, I want something that's open and I'm, I travel a lot. And I'm I can't say much, but next year I'm gonna be traveling a whole bunch. Um, so it's like those are the things that interest me. Don't let no nigga drive your your body to me if that's not what you are. Don't let no nigga drive your body to me on no pickup artist shit because I'm gonna ignore you. I'm not even gonna scold you, I'm just gonna ignore you. You're gonna be like you're yelling into the wind and no one can hear you. I'm gonna ignore you. And not only am I going to ignore you, but you're wasting your time. You're wasting valuable energy because you could have drove to the right bitch. And you could have said, hey, where you at? I'm, or I'm I'm so horny. Excuse me. I want to fuck right now. And she would have responded with, damn, me too. Where you at? But see, you got drove to the wrong girl. I digress. I'm off my tangent. I just really had to get that off my chest. And I wanted to say on Instagram because that's where primary way the niggas at Instagram and Twitter. But I didn't because I was like, that's not the right platform. And then I think there needs to be context. I don't want to shame anyone sexually. I don't want to shame anywhere, anyone where they're at. I just want to let motherfuckers know where I'm at. Um, so I hope that I did death and rebirth justice. I'm probably gonna have to make this a two part because this is a whole hour. Anchor only gives you an hour. And my first one, I think, is almost 30 minutes. So I'm gonna do part one and part two. Um, but yeah, this was really cathartic. Um, there are a couple things that are going to be coming out, coming out in the works. And I'm, instead of talking about them, I'm just going to be about it. And as those things happen, as I talk about them and I'm being about them, um, I'll just keep everybody posted. I'm not going to make any commitments with this podcast right now. Like I said, I'm just going to show you guys, but you guys will be getting way more podcasts, way more often, um, on an actual schedule that I'm going to commit to coming soon. So look out for that. Also too, um, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Cause I'm working on privacy. <clears throat> um, I, I can say that. No, I can't say that. I'm not going to say that cause that's risky, but there's things that I'm finding out about myself spiritually and mentally through the help of professionals and through the help of, um, practitioners and partition practitioners or practitioners are people who are like priests or Wiccans, witches who work spiritually and, um, or partitioners. And, um, I'm just learning not to speak 
before I do to do and then to celebrate afterwards. Because uh, you don't want too many hands in the pot. And I think those who understand will understand. And those who don't understand will soon understand. But I love you guys. Thank you for listening to me. I hope you guys continue to tune in. Um, you can follow me at Cream Shiva on Twitter. You can follow me at Shiva the Destroyer underscore on Instagram. Um, and yeah, that's all I have for right now. Uh, I'm sending you guys love and light, prayers, blessings, prayer, blessing, and fasting. And that's it. Bye.